and welcome to the Midwest Football Podcast. Season 2, off-season shorts here is what we're going to be doing uh, in this off-season. We're doing a little bit of tighter episodes on a smaller topic, one thing at a time, so you can pop this in when you've got those couple spare minutes, whether you're on the road or between chores or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Regardless, we will still cover all of the upper Midwest teams. That's the Bears, Bengals, Browns, Colts, Lions, Packers, Steelers, and Vikings. We are still your source, but one at a time. I'm Joe Smith. With me, as always, my friend and broadcast partner, Brian Rosenquist. Hello, Midwestlanders and friends. Since this podcast is a short, let's get right into it. Okay, then. Let's get into it with Chicago holding the league hostage at 101 again. Deja vu all over again. Kiss and tell. Will they or won't they with Justin Fields? Will they Will they be singing love songs? Will this be the breakup? What do you see happening here at 101? It's a very fascinating thoughts, but before we deep dive that, because that is the story of the offseason so far, I wanted to give some quick thoughts for the Bears diehards because the Bears recently cut uh, long-term uh, veterans, uh, Eddie Jackson safety and Cody Whitehair inside lineman who's gone back and forth between guard and center throughout his career. These guys have had very interesting careers, both pro bowlers, both a part of the great 2018 team that led to the, that ended with the double doink. Eddie Jackson has an interesting career because 2018, he was elite, but he's kind of coasted on those laurels. And it was kind of interesting because as my brother pointed out over Christmas for watching him, he's a free safety to the core. He would be great at flag football, but he does not want to get hit. And I started watching that after that game and he's a good cover guy, but he does not want to tackle. He kind of throws himself weird. And I don't want to, you know, disrespect him i want to pay homage to him he was great when that 2018 run but the bears made the right move to cut him because brisker's the guy there and i think we need to find another guy to compliment brisker but i hope he does well elsewhere and like him cody whitehair has another checkered history where he's gone back and forth between guard and center throughout his career he's had great years and bad years and he's just been inconsistent and this year he was a down year he's paid a lot of money and I wish him well, too. Both of them have been solid to good players throughout their career, and they've had bad times. But I think it was time to move on, and I hope they find a new team and uh, rekindle their career. Yeah, bottom line is both of these guys were making some pretty big bucks late in their career, and the part of a contract where you have to basically either redo it or cut them. Mm -hmm. So... And that's just a normal part of doing business in the NFL. This is something that good teams do. They structure contracts in such a way so there's a bunch of funny money at the end and then dump them or rework it if they want to keep the guy around. Mm -hmm. So dude, this is I, I give the Bears credit here for passing the the Scarface test. They didn't get high on their own supply. <laughs> well said. Well, speaking of uh, players that are hard to uh, pin down whether they're good or not, they're very polarizing. We have Justin Fields in the Bears quarterback situation. Now, this is a very interesting situation because they were in the exact position last year deciding between Justin Fields and essentially Bryce Young at 101. The Bears chose correctly 
and they got the better quarterback. They also got DJ Moore. And ironically, normally when you do this, you don't face the same decision in the offseason, especially because Fields got better as the season went on. But here we are because Bryce Young was so bad. The Panthers had 101, gave it to the Bears, and the Bears are right back in the same spot they were at with arguably a better prospect at quarterback in Caleb Williams at 101 because even Bryce Young, he was consensus 101 despite C.J. Stroud having a much better rookie year. We have to remember this through the draft eyes, not through a year after eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was absolutely a lot more people that were willing to take Bryce Young coming out of Alabama than C.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State. And some of that was because it was Ohio State and named the last quarterback that was great in the NFL that came out of Ohio State. Oh, yeah, you'll be waiting a long time for that answer. It's it's kind of one of the knocks against Justin Fields, too. If you remember, even his class had him and Mac Jones out of Bama, and people thought, oh, we can't have good quarterbacks out of those schools. We've never seen it. And then Bama had arguably Tua, Mac Jones, and uh, Jalen Hurts, checkered now, but arguably the three most successful Bama quarterbacks in Fields and Stroud are arguably the two best uh, Buckeye quarterbacks. But here we are. Fields is in high demand. I've heard a lot of rumors with Atlanta and Pittsburgh specifically. And I think those teams would be itching to get Justin Fields, especially Atlanta where he's a hometown hero. Um, and they're coming off of Desmond Ritter and uh, Tyler Heineke. I've heard the Raiders also, by the way. Oh, yes. I forgot about the Raiders. That's the one. That's the other big one. Um, actually, arguably over Pittsburgh. Yeah. These Steelers fans, you can calm down. Everything that we've heard has said that they're not going to bring in a veteran quarterback. But yeah, we'll see a, what happens. Yeah. And then at the draft class last year, even though we had three go in the top four, it wasn't considered as high of a draft class where you have this year, you have Caleb Williams, Drake May, who have been one, two all year. Now Jaden Daniels is out of LSU is moving up in the rankings. They feel a lot, a lot of people think they'll go top three. And then you have the next tier with Penix, Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy. And it's an interesting situation because how many times can the bears double down on Justin Fields, who has been, I personally think he's done well, but, Overall, his stats have basically been middle of the road. When you have a potential next Pat Mahomes, I'm putting in quotes, on the table, do you roll the dice with that? And before I jump into my deep dive, do you have any quick thoughts on that? First of all, I've, some of the stuff that I've seen on Caleb Williams is, has not been terribly flattering, but I've also been looking for that kind of a take to get a balanced view because you keep hearing a bunch of people wanting to crown him you know, the next best quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Uh, but here's the one thing that I would say that is, you know, that is objective. Brian, what would you say is the weak link in uh, Justin Fields game right now? Like what's the worst thing about him? His willingness to move the ball on short to intermediate routes or make a big really. Cause I was going to go with, uh, his release time, his ability, his holding the ball. Same thing, because he's if he gets rid of the ball on the short to intermediate routes, that's what he needs to do. He holds the ball because he tries to make the big play. We're saying the okay. same thing, just completely different ways. Fair, fair. I'm looking, I'm looking at the the time metric. You're looking at the result. Yeah. Would you believe that Caleb Williams has basically the exact same time holding onto the ball? He does the exact same thing. Wow. 
So we're talking about somebody with probably better arm strength, comparable to at best escapability, still holds on to the ball too long. We could make we could debate accuracy. So it's actually a very similar kind of player, but better arm strength basically is what you're getting. Mm -hmm. So basically you're crossing Justin Fields with Jay Cutler, which is a brutal comp. I'm sorry. Make the uh, Bears fans vomit here. That's pretty mean, but But also I mean, the other half, the other half of that, uh, that I would say is he's also more fixable because so many of his problems are psychological, mental maturity, that kind of thing. So you could make a legitimate point either way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, the Fields Cutler comp combination is his comp because to me, Fields does not have any issue with his long game. He's one of the best accurate deep ball throwers in the league, and when he holds on the ball a long time, a lot of times he makes a big play by throwing the ball downfield or using his legs. And we saw a lot of strides when he came back from that injury after Taysom Bajant played for four games where he got rid of the ball faster. And now that's when the Bears went on a good run. Now it all came to a halt halt at the uh, end of the season against Green Bay. And a lot of people remember that where he went, he reverted to holding onto the ball too long and progress is not a straight line. It is, it's a, it's, it goes ups and downs and ups and downs and, it's the last game of the season. It's against the rivals. It's the one that stands out in most people's minds. But I still think that's the aberration in the last, you know, eight, nine games we saw out of fields. I think we've shown him coachable. And his other great trait is he's a great locker room leader. The players love him. They love playing for him. I've heard mixed results on um, Caleb Williams in big games in the Pac-12, to be honest, at USC. But Ultimately, I'm going to take a very Bearsy case when I state my stance here. And that is Justin Fields last year. Let's say this is who he is. He is a middle graded quarterback, top 18, 16 to 12, somewhere in that range. Middle third. Yeah, middle third. He's one of the best quarterbacks that the Bears have had in my lifetime, being just a middle third quarterback. That's good enough for me. And if you throw in a Marvin Harrison, another pass rusher, with the extra draft capital you have at one and nine, I think that the Bears make that leap and become an actual contender because he's not a bottom third quarterback that we're propping up. He is a middle third quarterback with a lot of assets and cap space. And we've seen the flashes on the defense. We've seen the offense coming together and resetting with a rookie quarterback basically punts next season and a team that is ready to compete for the playoffs now is now disrespectful to every veteran on a player on that team. And that's why I think that Fields is the right choice again. But again, you trade back your 101 down and you get another first round pick. That way, if he's not the guy a year from now or who falls apart, you still have the two first round picks to hedge your bets. Now you might not be there if he progresses. That's the problem. Yeah, the, the so people maybe, making the decisions now, you mean. So maybe just trade back, go get, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. to reunite with him. Um, Romeo Odunze or Malik Neighbors. There's three elite wide receiver guys that are going to go in the top 10. You've got a couple pass rushing prospects. And then just throw the rest of your money at Jalen Johnson at cornerback and interior linemen. And the, the Bears will be a ready-made team to compete a la 
like you said, they're a year behind the Lions, and we saw what the Lions could do this year. And they're two years behind the Eagles, and we saw what the Eagles could do two years ago. Not saying they're an NFC championship team, not saying they're a Super Bowl team, but they're absolutely a playoff team with Justin Fields if you just use the two picks in the top 10 to add a pass rusher and a lineman or wide receiver. I'm going to start with the premise that Cole Kmet is a good player, but a replaceable player. He's not a gigantic Pro Bowl game plan wrecking kind of guy. Agreed. So right now, the Bears' biggest wide receiver, most deadly wide receiver is DJ Moore, who's good. Very good. Who's very good, yeah. As we're looking around the division from the perspective of the Detroit Lions, we're looking around and seeing, okay, they got Justin Jefferson up there in Minnesota. Green Bay has like 17 guys. The Bears have <laughs> DJ, DJ Moore, and they're probably about to have somebody better than DJ Moore. Not we home. hope. If you're a Bears fan. Chicago. Yeah. And we're kind of looking at our cornerback situation going, maybe we better do something. But mm-hmm. that's another story for another podcast. We can talk about that next week or next episode. But and I agree with your saying because Komet right now is a League average-ish tight end is the Bears wide receiver two option, and that's not good enough. Sorry, Darnell Mooney. Sorry, Clay, Chase Claypool. Yeah, somebody, if somebody takes away DJ Moore, what's Justin Fields going to do? Is oh, anybody going to get open? And maybe that is why Justin Fields holds the ball so long, because if DJ Moore gets double teamed, there's nowhere to go with the ball. And he just needs to make a decision to run faster. That is my take on the Justin Fields quarterback situation. Do you have any other thoughts to add on that? So just to sum up, you are saying Bears should stay with who they got and trade the 101 uh, to a uh, some distance down so that they can get the quarterback and maybe something else too. Is that your recommendation? The receiver and something else too, yeah. Yeah, that what I meant. Yep, that's exactly what I would do, which is what they did already. Okay. And I think that's a good plan. It worked the first time they did it last year. It remains to be seen. I mean, we know how the NFL is. If Caleb Williams really is that guy, then the entire draft isn't enough for him. Agreed. That's true. If he's And if he's not, then the haul that the Bears can command for him from somebody who wants to bet on him will be will turn the bears into possible contenders it's tricky because even if you go back to last year's quarterback it's considered a win because the panthers took bryce young but would it still have been considered a win if the panthers took cj stroud good point good point if and the if the panthers were a playoff team and this the bears don't even have this 101 and ironically the bears would not be faced with this decision they would be stuck with fields but (laughs) You know, but people would be ripping them for keeping fields over Stroud. Fair enough. Yeah, it remains to be seen what would happen. I did hear reports that the Bears, somebody quoted the Bears as saying that they didn't think it would be fair to hold on to Justin Fields into the free agency period. That was the GM. Ryan Pohl said that he wanted to do right by fields. If they decide to go with a quarterback at one on one, he wanted to do right and trade fields. Now, that is true. That would be doing him right. But that's also trading him before his value goes down when everyone knows you need to get rid of him. But either way, 
we saw the Lions work the curse of Bobby, Bobby Lane out of their system by trading and doing right to Matt Stafford and getting him a Super Bowl win. So yep. and doing that got the Lions on a roll and took them all the way through the first half of the NFC Championship game. <laughs> we can talk about more of that next week or whenever we have our next episode. Yeah. But that's all we got for this Midwest Football Podcast short. Thank you to Raymond and Chris Brandley for all of the support. Thanks especially to all of our listeners. We appreciate you all and thanks for listening. But we're going to take it into the locker room for the fifth quarter. You have a good day, and we will see you later. I miss you already.